This is our Pacific Northwest Music. We're going to be talking to local musicians, bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Our PNW Music, or our website, ourpnwmusic.com. Skagit Valley, you don't want to miss this. All right, we're here with Scott from Now Defunct, and uh, man, I I need you to kind of describe exactly to our listeners who are you, and you know what do you what uh, type of music are you guys doing? Well, first of all, you know, living in this time of gratitude, th- thanks for having us on, and you know, thanks for what you and Christine do and providing a platform for local artists to get a chance to shine and get out there. I love the fact that you guys are hopefully amplifying some goodness. Um, now Defunct is really was an unexpected phenomena. And, and, you know, if there's anything to be thankful out of this sort of self-imposed exile and, and lockdown because of COVID, it forced three families, three longtime friends, myself, Steve McMahon, and James Hunter, and our daughters, Anna and Nico and Amaris, to uh, share, swap, build, start finding a creative outlet. We started putting songs together. And we had one song, two songs, five songs, six songs. And finally, the the bright idea came, hey, let's see if we can do something with these songs. And it's been a lifelong dream, if you will, of mine to to press vinyl. You know, I wanted to be Mm. able to check press vinyl in my box of (laughs) to-do's. So, you know, so we... uh, we uh we did a Kickstarter. It was really successful in terms of the, the funds that we were able to raise, but it also gave us sort of a, a an endpoint to say, well, if we want to press some vinyl, we need to get these songs done by this time, and and turn it into a sort of a, a challenge. And within our defunctness, rose to that challenge, and wound up with eleven songs that we just got word from Canadian Vinyl Records in Calgary that. The albums and, and, and the jackets are done, and they should be mailed out tomorrow. So we'll be uh, being able to share some vinyl with the rest of the world. So we're super stoked on that, because that wasn't something that I was expecting to accomplish. And it took the reality of being able to push pause and then figure out how, do we, how does one actually creatively engage and interact when we can't be in physical proximity with each other? Is that even possible? And we found a way. Oh, that's cool, man. So let me get it straight. There's six people then that are considered now defunct? Yeah. Well, we call ourselves a creative collective. The six core, you might say seven, because my son, Case, actually is the one who uh, mixed most of the songs. And he also contributed a major, one of the songs, probably one of my favorite songs. And then there, there, there's a, a collateral set of people now defunct. My wife, Angelica, helped put all the album packaging art together. Um, there's there's an, an, an artist in, in British Columbia who, in trade, did the album cover art. We don't consider her part of the now-defunct fam, but she's within the now-defunct realm, I guess, if you will. And, <laughs> and, the now def- and then the now-defunct name, you know, when we started doing these songs, we, we didn't have a frame or a name for what we were doing. And when we, we had these songs, we started exchanging, well, well if we're going to do an album, what's the vibe? What's the feel? And I was like, man, you know, 
think about if you were flying a kite for the first time and you got so involved in that that you didn't realize you just ran off the cliff and you're looking down and you're flying and in that moment you don't know are you going to fly or are you going to fall that's mm. the feel that's what we want to try to create and so we were looking you know as you play name games we were really coming around this notion of calling ourselves family tree and because it's, <laughs> it's such a family the, i mean the, the the goal was really to get families to work together and we we met that goal but um steve did an internet search and it came back family tree now defunct since 1979 and i think it was my daughter said now defunct that's a cool name and i think amara said yeah but we got to spell it with a k and that's where now defunct as a name <laughs> took root <laughs> oh, that's really cool yeah. yeah yeah of course you got to spell it with a k um, yeah yeah well let's let's bust into a song before we get going too far uh you know so we can play some of the music in in the middle here um can, can you kind of talk about the song maybe how they came to be or maybe a writing process or something as uh before we play it here uh, i'm going to start with old enough yeah so old enough was actually the last song to come together on the album and we are really holding space because i really wanted nico my daughter steve's daughter anna amaris and then my son case we really wanted them to contribute their songs they had contributed various parts and so that was my son, Case, who's uh, now 22. Um, and he had uh, a hip-hop crew that he had in high school called Coplo, but he turned his more attention more to the, uh, the, the, the other side of the mic frame in terms of beat making and production and, and sort of the art and craft of studio. And then he actually put his uh, heart, <laughs> thought, and feel to create Old Enough, which has you know, sort of this hip hop feel, but a little bit of this Motown vibe with the horns. And it's, and it's him and Buddy Nick, who've been friends since they were six years old, you know, spitting on the track together. So, it, you know, you got, you got friends coming together, really questioning in this time. Now that they've reached a certain age, are we old enough? Do we want to be old enough? And what does that mean? So uh, it, it's a feel good, fun song, but there's some depth to it as well. Between trauma and nirvana Laughing about some memories we used to call drama I miss the summer Before we had to grow up I miss getting drunk and uh, not getting hung over For real though Candlelight and vino Built the studio They started asking about credo If they made a movie about my life I'd like to think we'd make it regal I'ma bring out all my people Even grandma in the B-roll They used to tell me Wait until you're old enough Lately I've been thinking Am I old enough? Cause the party don't stop Till we say so But we only growing up if you're looking for the love, you can come my way Looking for the plug, you can come my way If it wasn't for the squad, then I'd have no way, no way Yeah, yeah So if we're going in, we're going all in Where you wanna be when the world ends You can't bring me down, you can't bring me down No, we gon' live it up, but we still can So if we're going in, we're going all in Where you wanna be when the world ends You can't bring me down, you can't bring me down I've been laying low, thinking I can make it up. What's the word? We can make it all up. 
up. I used to listen before I put on my socks in the glove. But I, but I know I need to get the See, I tried a whole lot, just need something to stick. Finally found my place, I'll be back in the gym. Tried to get away so tough that I forgot where I'll be running from. I might lose the game if I keep skipping when I'm bugging, bruh. I have the most fun when I show love to my siblings. God is just a supplement who no need for looking dizzy. So where I wanna be with my brothers overlooking our city. If you're looking for the love, you can come my way. Looking for the plug, you can come my way. If it wasn't for the squad, then I'd have no way, no way. Yeah, yeah. So if we going in, we going all in. Where you wanna be when the world ends? You can't bring me down, you can't bring me down. No, we gon' live it up, but we still can. So if we going in, we going all in. We're back with Scott Macklin from Now Defunct, and that was their song, Old Enough. And uh, can you kind of talk a little bit, uh, just you mentioned that you guys got together sort of because of the the, uh, the pandemic sort of thing that we're in. Um, what were you all, I don't know, maybe you can, maybe not everybody, but what were you guys doing before this? So, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of frame, and we'll try to keep it somewhat crisp because this could be a meandering story. <laughs> sure, sure. It's a lot and, of people, and depending yeah. on who, and depending on who, which defuncter you're talking to, um, <laughs> we all have various roles that we play. I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm an educator, uh, you know, work at universities. And I, and I took a job at Trinity Western University, which is just on the other side of the border in Langley. But I had been at the University of Washington for 20 years. And when I took that job, we got a little place in, in Birch Bay, sort of, sort of my launch pad. So when I go on campus, which really introduced me to, to, to Whatcom County and some of, the, some of the groovy things that are going on in Bellingham. And last year, it was around July, my friend Steve came up and he's been, I, I think he's a brilliant guitarist, but we never shared the, the musicality as something that, that we had as, as a bond between us. Because I've only come to playing music within really the past five, eight years because of the work that I was doing which is the Seattle Fandango Project, which is a tradition of music rooted out of Veracruz, Mexico, which is participatory music. You get around a wooden stomp box in a circle and you play these wooden instruments, riquitos and jaradas, and all the vocals are in uh, decima and they're call and response, and you're performing for each other. You're actually participating, you're not performing. But when mm. he came up, um, we decided, and this was a stretch for me, to, to do some, some open mics. So I have to give shout outs to uh, Chuck uh, Donjay at Culture Club, the good folks at the Honeymoon Cafe. And we did open mics for, for a couple weeks, just putting a set list together, getting comfortable playing music. Um, we were doing open mics up at the Bez Arts Hub in Langley. And after he left, I visited a place called Pleasant Valley, which is a little consignment store, if you will, in one of the farms here in in uh, Birch Bay, and I found this 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 pair of uh, Eddie Mahan boots, a pair of welder's glove, and a little book called Letters of Death Valley Scotty. And I read this mm. book, and all of a sudden, this character started taking shape. So I decided to write a fictional story of who's Death Valley Scotty, and who would ever invest 
in building a castle in the middle of Death Valley. Death Valley, Scotty, is a huckster of hope. So over the fall, because I was without, you know, not in and around my family, I actually had time to write a song. So it was actually the first song that I actually took the time to come up with the music, come up the lyrics, and put a song together. Shared that. My friend Steve put the guitar part. James did the bass and the cajon um, parts. Um, and then we went out to Joshua Tree in late February, and our daughters, Amaris, Nico, and Anna, shot a music video of us doing this Death Valley song out, out in the desert. And as we sat around the campfire, we started coming up with some other ideas for songs. And I thought I had checked off my, you know, my, my bucket list, write and record a song. I'm done. I, <laughs> accomplishment. I, I got to go back. You know, I, I, got, I got some courses to teach. I, I got some, you know, technologies to develop. But Steve, he sort of pulled, if you remember the, the film Unusual Suspects, and he goes, one job. Yeah, one job. Yeah, that's funny. One job. That's the deal. Stop being such a tough guy, McManus. Stop being such a tough guy, McMahon. He actually bugged and nagged. And then we started, then we decided to do another song. And that song came out of getting involved, not getting involved, but uh, uh, doing, it was, uh, they go by the name of the Good, Good Time Girls of Bellingham. They do a Bellingham history, uh, the history of Bellingham through, through brothels and, and, and drink, right? And, cool. and, um, and I, I, I learned about a character about, by the name of Madam May Wright, and, uh, who was one of the richest people in all the town back at the turn, you know, in, in 1900s. She was like one of the first people to have a telephone. But she used the money that she made for her ladies to get access to education and get access to health care. She was creating a, la a ladder for these ladies. So the line was she used her money so her w women wouldn't have to stay down. At the same time, there was a, a revivalist preacher uh, by the name of Billy Sunday who came to Bellingham in 1909, and they built this huge wooden tabernacle. That's, that's where we get the line, you know, down the sawdust trail they came. And it was right across from where the, 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 the horseshoe is. And I wrote this fictional story where Madam Wright and Billy Sunday would take their meals together, because prior to that encounter, Billy Sunday was pretty much as fire and brimstone no alcohol preacher, women need to stay at home. Afterwards, he went back to Chicago and started advocating for women's right to vote and women's suffrage. He had a transformation. So the song was a, a fictional telling of Madame May and Billy Sunday coming together and him leaving the one who was transformed for the better. So it, it, then we got our friend Cesar Castro, who's this amazing uh, riquito and he plays the quijada, which is a donkey jaw percussion instrument. He's probably the most professional musician in the bunch. He has a, a, a band called La Cambalache. And he really helped us in the process of recording. You know, we were basically, when we did the other song, Death Valley Scotty, I would come up with, I would try to sing and play the line, send it to my son Case recording, trying to get drum. We, we did everything backwards. <laughs> or I don't know if there's a front words, it just it didn't <laughs> seem like an elegant way to do things. But Cesar gave us sort of a, a I guess, a, a, a better workflow to actually construct songs that allowed for us to work our individual magic from our own places, but actually pull something together. And then after we went through those two exercises, we started feeling a little bit more, I guess, confident in our ability to do this. 
And then other people would bring, a, a, you know, Steve would come, hey, I got this guitar, I got this guitar hook, I got, I got this thing, but I, 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 don't, I don't have a lyric. I got, this song is unsinkable. You need to do something with it. And then that turned into what we know as the unsinkable song. So it was a little bit of magic, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, it, a lot of effort, but it was a, I, I think it, most of it was rooted in the creative collaboration with the various members. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool, man. And and the and the, uh, um, yeah. the way the way that you uh, introduce those songs is almost like perfect to our style. Uh, the way that we like to introduce those songs, and um, you know, the way you talked about ballad ability, Billy Sunday and Madame May. Um, man, I think we should just play that song right now.
right, so we're back with Scott Macklin from Now Defunct, and uh, boy, we've been talking about some fun stuff. You guys, uh, you got quite the stories. I love the way you tell them too. I'll be honest with you. Um, some people get yeah. on and they, and they they just want to kind of state a couple of facts and move along, but you uh, you have uh, you really like to dive in. Uh, it makes uh, makes for a good good episode here. Um, man, just kind of continuing with that um, kind of that build up to becoming Now Defunct. Yep. Um, what uh, I'm kind of curious because of the generation, uh, you know, you said it was a bunch of dads and a bunch of uh, daughters kind of thing. Um, so yeah, had, yeah. The daughter, had the daughters really been doing anything before uh, now defunct? Uh, you know, uh, Amaris, who is James's daughter, was um, they had a band when they lived in uh, Yakima, uh, Yakima. And, um, I, 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 you know, I. It was one of those things where I had the name just at the tip of my tongue. Sure, it was like king of the king of the closed eyes. But mm. their family, the Hunter family, is like this musical. Which they, they they now live in Los Angeles, and you you basically walk into the living room and they call it a hunter gathering space. And there's always something going on music musically. There's like a Hammond B3 organ in there, a drum kit in there, a, a, a variety of different instruments. James is is. is bomb diggity bass player i don't know if you if it within the within the song ballad of uh, billy sunday and madam may that bass line that he puts in is just so dope and 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 so they they have this real musical exchange and this this musical nurturing sensibility about them steve the guitarist is someone who's been playing guitar for 20 years but has always been uh, i i call him someone who has a ton of music in his in his uh secret sauce his bottle, his hot sauce is full, but I don't think he ever felt confident or comfortable to share that bottle with anyone beyond just him and his immediate family and friends. Um, and it, I think this project gave him the occasion to stretch out and beyond. And, you know, we all have that little itty bitty committee in our minds to tell us what we can't do. This process of now defunct helped us break through that itty bitty committee I think gave us the the will to move forward. Uh, with, with James, you know, I think the most accomplished musician in the in the defunctory. Um, him and Steve were having an exchange, and that's how the title of the album came about. Wanted to call it for a long time. Twenty twenty didn't see this coming, and that mm. you know up until almost the day before we got all our materials to send to the to to the record company, that was the title. But then. Part of the, you'll if you if you check out the album, we we tell the story of the album through these text exchanges that we have. So we have the chronology and the history of the process all in text exchanges. And one of the ex text exchanges went along the lines of Steve saying, "You know, I really love what you did in that chord progression. You really have that skill." And James said, "Well, you know, skills are handy, but feel is gold." And then that's when Steve said, "That's the name of the album. It's got to be the name of the album." So it's this combination. Yes, skills are handy, but creating that space for that feel and that feel is gold. So I think, you know, the 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 larger way to answer your question, and again, I'm sorry I've been so uh, circuitous in, in trying to be specific, is that we all found a place where we could bring our feel to it. Some members of the band have deeply invested musical skills, but they created a space for those like me to invest in and grow our skill in the context of that feel. 
And I think that's how actually Defunct came about. Yeah, I like that. Uh, how about the song? Let's let's get into another song, and uh, I want to talk about Teachers. Teachers is a song that my daughter, Nico, who's a high school a senior in high school this year, and it's a tribute from her perspective to all those folks. I, we, you know, Angelica, my wife, used to drag her to all these happenings and in Quintrose and, you know, activists community development. So she's been in and amongst the, these, uh, these situations for a long time. So she's been exposed to informal and formal teachers who've really helped to shape her thinking along the lines of social justice, right? Owning our privilege. Um, what does it mean to be there for the other in a way that is uh, purposeful? And we had this song and Steve came up with the original guitar hook and the, and the percussion line, but didn't have a lyric. And, and we, for a long time, we were calling it more than a cure song. It has sort of, this, <laughs> sort of cure, cure vibe to it, if you will. Nico glommed onto it and just took it. And she came up with the, the melody line and then really came up with that lyric, which pays tribute to those teachers who've had a good impact while at the same time providing a pretty, pretty harsh criticism of some of the educate some of the systems within education that uh, are are uh, somewhat oppressive and keep people down. So I call it a song that both criticizes and energizes.
All right, we're back with Scott Macklin from Now Defunct, and uh, that was the song "Teachers." Hey, um, yeah, wow, I love I love how that uh, how that song goes. I mean, how, how it really does get into some of the things. Uh, like you mentioned, this is a, a album for 2020. Um, I can't remember the yeah. <laughs> the title you guys had originally, but um, that really fits right in there for sure. And the other thing I love I love about teachers is that. That 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 that's a real global contribution. I've mm. done work in and around South Africa since the year 2000, and I've been working with a group of artists and musicians. And one of the groups is the Ghetto Youth Uprising, and Mamalani is uh, headed a band called Usiba Nanwadi, the Paper and the Pen. And he would talk about how our music helps us understand our histories, which were written for us, so we can create a new future by our actions in the present. So that that's Again, that was one of the teachers. Well, he he helped to craft the chorus arrangement and the chorus because we have a big chorus in that song. So we have to give props out to our friends in South Africa to what they brought to the table for that song. Yeah, that's great. Um, Because 2020 is uh, pretty awkward and you guys are, uh, you know, kind of doing this uh, in, in a weird time as far as music goes and live music. Um, how's that been? Um, have you guys been doing anything like on live social media or is that even a thing because you guys are so separated uh, mileage wise and things now um have you thought about once things open back up are you planning on taking any of these songs to uh kind of a live music venue at all we would love to yeah we're i mean in fact we were thinking about doing a now defunct tour and and and, and getting a van and going to some of these establishments that are aren't open and, and getting a generator out front of uh, various locations just to do open and free concerts, call them the defunct tour. I don't know if we'll pull that off, but we really want to pay homage to those places like Culture Town or the Honeymoon Cafe, where we felt gave us the confidence to, to do the open mic. Can we do, can we do a, a small venue tour to see what happens? We'd love to be able to do some outdoor, you know, when we shot that video out of Joshua Tree, we found an amazing place. In fact, one of the perks, that actually someone picked up on, on the Kickstarter was, you know, at X amount of $1,000, we would, you would get invited to a, a special Joshua Tree uh, concert when, when that came available. So we want to do that. Yeah, so we're <laughs> really looking for the time because, again, it's always been in my mind, if we're going to play music and we're going to record music, we need to be in the room together. We need to look each other in the eye. We need to feel each other's heart. How can, how can you record music when you're not – physically together so this album was an exercise is how does one do this asynchronously how does one create parts that has any possibility of connecting when you're not within that primordial sound box feel of that other person i think we found a way to do it for ourselves because each doing it in our own sort of rooms <laughs> gave right. us an ability to be as reflective and as slow as we needed to be to get it but we gave ourselves deadlines no you got to turn this track around and 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 the the amount of software and technology that we use like i was when i first started this i was i was recording into uh, a zoom digital recorder and i i my background is in visual media i'm a documentary filmmaker so i use adobe premiere i was trying to do vocal overdubs in premiere which yeah. Premiere has a like a split second offset. So I was learning to try to do that. 
and I was forcing myself to sing in an offset just to be in sync. That's why some of these songs are kind of funky because I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was trying to make it work. That's the feel thing. Um, Steve was using GarageBand to lay down basic tracks. Case was using Pro Tools. Um, James is an Ableton guy and Cesar is a Logic guy. So we are using these different platforms to build up and construct the basic architecture and frame of a song. And then in some instances, having to export individual tracks, re-importing them into another platform to add our parts, exporting them out and layering them up. And then finally, we got into a workflow where we, we had tracks and parts. And again, I, I have to attribute to Cesar because he came up with a name, just a file naming scheme, something as simple as that. So we started adopting the philosophy, keeping found things found. Let's name them in a way <laughs> so it makes sense. Because, you know, we quickly got over the fact if we name something, you know, um, Death Valley Scotty final, Death Valley Scotty final, 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 almost final. It got really ridiculous. So we uh, worked yeah. that out. So, you know, I think we found a way to collaborate and create something very meaningful. We also were committed from the beginning that we wanted this to be vinyl. There's an analog vibe that we wanted to get. So a lot of, you know, the, the quijada is a, is a donkey jawbone that we might, the quijon live percussion. I was playing a harana, which is like an ukulele, but it's six, like a six string ukulele wood instrument. Um, there's a lot of, um, as much as that recorded live sound as we can. And I think we did, I'm pretty happy with sonically how things, how we recorded our individual parts that we can then layer them together. I, I use what I call the paella metaphor. And for me, paella, I've spent 20 years trying to, art, you know, the craft of my paella making down. And pa paella for me, it's about layering flavors and applying the right amount of heat at the right time. Something, sometimes you need to cook things really hot and some things you need to cook things at a much lower temperature. But the layering of the sounds, the, the gestalt of the overall sound is more important than that individual component. But if you don't have that individual component set up right, you'll never get to that gestalt sound. So we try, are trying to work out, I guess, our, our paella mentality of music making. And then we all get to eat together. And as long as we eat together, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to, uh, to say the name of this next song, but I really wanted to play creeping Cthulhu. Yeah. How, how close yeah. is creeping I on that Cthulhu. one? <laughs> okay. You're good. Creeping Cthulhu. You got to check out your HP Lovecraft to find <laughs> out about Cthulhu. Well, uh, and so that's where that song comes from then, or uh, maybe you could talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, Creeping Cthulhu is a song that, that Anna, Steve's daughter, brought to the table. Um, uh, Cthulhu is a, a, a sea octopus-like creature from the depths. And the song for her is about this idea of being in a relationship where you're being gaslit or ghosted or someone else's intentions for you aren't lined up with what you think you need or what you want and what a toxic relationship can do to, to, to your life. But she really drew in for inspiration from Alfred Hitchcock, particularly listening to scores by the composer Bernard Herrmann, who scored movies like Psycho. So it has this real cinematic quality to it, but at the same time, there's this real sort of dry, sonic youth sort of drive to it that I think is, is pretty cool. 
I, I consider it along the lines of like my bloody Valentine. So, you know, our daughters are so much hipper in what they know about music. It's like, it's great. <laughs> We're back with Scott Macklin with uh, Now Defunct, uh, our P&W music on KMRE radio. Uh, man, well, let's jump into one more song here. Uh, if you could talk about the song Big Water. Yeah, Big Water. That, you know, th- that goes back almost six years ago. Steve and I were taking a road trip. I-, I flew down to where he lives in Orange County, California, to drive up to San Francisco for one of our friend's 40th birth- surprise birthday. And as we were making the drive through central California up the I-5, which is just this really boring stretch of drive, but you know, you're talking about some of the heartland of where some of the major agriculture in the United States comes from and how dry, I mean, the drought, it's just that impact on that area. And we started just throwing some some we weren't even consciously trying to write a song we were just throwing some lyrics around and fortunately he actually kept that and then as we came up with this hook for big water he sent me the uh he sent me the track and i was trying to come around with an idea for the song 
and then he he took a screenshot of those lyrics and i went oh my god and we had just got done talking about the the book um watership down and when that mm. animated movie came out there's a, a seabird that comes out who makes a sign big water i go to the big water and so that song came this notion of what is that big water in our lives that we draw inspiration from and can we be vulnerable enough to hear it and so there's a line in the song about trying to come to terms with our 19 crimes a lot of our 19 crimes come from our own blindness to the way that we operate in our lives and from my aspect it would be you know my cup of privilege is pretty full i'm a caucasian i'm male cisgendered heterosexual married two kids. I I have a blessing of privilege. What am I doing with that privilege in order to be a more responsible person, particularly given what we've seen this summer, and and not only the summer, but in the history, you know, if the history of the United States can be defined as a country that's founded on the theft of black and brown bodies and the theft of black and brown land, there's some serious reconciliation work that needs needs to happen. And this song is our attempt to to have some sensibility of our responsibility to that. So take me big water, lift me up, take me under and let it go. How do we confess our crimes, but not let our crimes in a way um, paralyze us? But how do we move forward in a way that's actually being helpful to do good in this world? If I can say that without sounding pretentious, but it's really a much needed time. So as we deal with the the real issue of a pandemic of a biological virus, how do we deal with the pandemic of racism? And this song is our attempt to try to scratch at that. Been 
All right, we're back with now defunct uh, Scott Macklin, and that was Big Water. And uh, yeah, I think uh, as we listen to hours and hours and hours of podcasts nowadays, at least I do, and uh, I often think about uh, what my my biases are that other people can notice because it's so easy to tell um, looking at other people and listening to other people talk and walk and through their life and what, what's wrong with them. But uh, oftentimes we, we uh, forget what, what's going on with our own selves. Yeah. So, uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> um, yeah, man. Well, Hey, uh, how can, how can people find now defunct? You can go to www.nowdefunct.com and there'll be links to there to our Instagrams and Facebooks and various social we're on most music platforms, iTunes and Spotify and Bandcamp. But I think probably nowdefunct.com will be, be, be your, the steps to get there. Right on, Scott. Well, I sure appreciate you coming on the Our PNW Music Podcast. Hey, hey, Rudy, can I, can I ask? I know you've been asking me a lot of questions. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been in, been in Bellingham. You know, it's been a, a year and a half now, mostly here in Birch Bay before the lockdown, being able to spend more time, particularly last summer. You know, I, I mentioned when we did that thing at, at Culture Club, there was these summer nights and the Rebirth Brass Band from New Orleans was playing. And that was such a cool night of music. Um, before the lockdown, there, there there was a magazine, I think it was called uh, What's Up. I, is that defunct now? I, I mean, it seems to be a weird time. I know COVID has closed things down. Uh, you know, I was able to participate in the Bellingham Folk Music Festival last January. That was also an amazing time because not only did I get to run in and listen to good bands, we got to play music with people and workshop. From, from where you sit as a, as a lover of the music scene in Bellingham, what, what, how would you frame things right now other than they're really weird? Yeah, man. Well, you know, there's 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 more things than just uh, media that's, that's shut down, like you say, with What's Up. Uh, yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, the venues and uh, the, I know there's a there's there's two at least very prominent places, uh, uh, you know, in Bellingham that have closed down since. And um, man, I don't know what's going to happen when everything goes back to normal if it ever does. Uh, but uh, you know, that's that's a good question, and I think uh, I think that probably would lead to a, another interview. I should uh, I should try to yeah. find somebody from What's Up to talk to and find out uh, find out what's up. <laughs> Yeah, because it seems, I mean, I'm coming in trying to get my sense of history. I was I was hip to a band called Polecat. I mean, they they were cool. And then caught their very last show. So I don't know if it's a chapter that was closing and a new chapter is emerging and we're sort of in this nascent stage of what's going to pop next. But I'm I'm hoping for all those folks out there, artists, musicians, and supporters of it, Bellingham's pretty dang cool, man. And I, I'm hoping whatever we need to do to keep the fire firing, um, let's let's keep finding fuel to do that. Yeah, we're trying to do our part. And and one thing we've yeah. noticed, we did a really cool uh, history episode um, that you should try to check out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, actually, we never did release them as a podcast. So I wanted to try to get the rights to all the old songs and things. And um, man, we we uh, we interviewed a couple guys, and uh, and we. Uh, we found out some some really unique history about the punk scene in um, in the '80s in Bellingham and stuff. And one of the things that came out of that that really that made me think uh, maybe an answer to your question, uh, especially when you talk about bands like Polecat and that kind of thing, is a lot of these a lot of bands uh, that have have started in Bellingham. Uh, 
there's a lot of college students that start bands and, and they get to be friends and, but they're maybe not all from Bellingham and they all kind of move home. Uh, you know, and a lot of the bands right. would maybe break up because of that. Um, so that, that, you know, that would be one small answer to a, a large question. Cool. And if I can, I, I want to give one more shout out to Diane Phillips of the uh, barbershop in, in, in Fairhaven. She played the role of Madame May Wright in the music video that we shot. And she was so gracious with her time. And she also, I don't know, if you need your hair cut, look her up. Great work. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, right on, Scott. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Rudy. Keep it up, man. Looking forward to listening to some more good stuff. Thanks for listening to our Pacific Northwest music. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next month. Thanks so much to our friends, Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Wood. Ooh, you wouldn't want to miss this.